Hey everybody, welcome back to Ghostly Haunt. I am your hostess with the ghosts, Katie Buller-Kintner, back with another spooky episode of Real Ghosts and Hauntings. Now, it's been a while since I've posted anything, and uh, I may have uh, mentioned in the last uh, podcast that I was having computer trouble. Well, it didn't go away. My brand new computer... Uh, well, it got updated by Windows and it crashed almost everything I had. So um, now we're more or less back in shape after much uh, fussing and looking up things and trying out things and all that other stuff, you know. So uh, let's see how it runs today. Now, today we're going to listen to some AVPs, not spirit box voices from a house associated with the beer brewing history of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Particularly, we're going to talk about a house that is associated with the Chief Oshkosh Brewing Company. Now, this brewery was formerly located just off uh, just off Lake Winnebago, and it was an impressive site. Great big majestic building with a big old clock tower and a whole bit, and uh, most of that's gone. Uh, it's uh, all been torn down except for one back building, which is now used for uh, another business. Now, a little bit about Chief Oshkosh himself. When this brewery was founded, he'd been dead for decades. He had nothing to do with this brewery. That's not to say the beer wasn't good. It was, but the chief um, was featured on their beer cans and on the building and in their advertising uh, with an image that was based on a photograph that was taken of him much, much earlier. And the photograph... Uh, he is wearing a top hat. Stories have it that the top hat was added by the photographer. Chief Oshkosh did not wear top hats. So I am really sorry, Chief, that they did that to you. And uh, to any of his descendants that might be out there, you know, sorry for the things that the folks did. Now, he is remembered today as the namesake for the city of Oshkosh, and a statue in his memory lies next to his grave in Menominee Park. Unfortunately, the statue doesn't look anything like him. The model for it was apparently a very hot-looking guy of European descent with um, big muscles and faraway look in his eyes. Maybe dreaming of Viking ships and beautiful women with heaving us. Sorry, I got carried away there. Sorry about that. So back to the present. Yes, the chief is buried there, but that is not his original grave. Much like other Native Americans of his generation, he wasn't allowed to stay where he was. Now, the living people weren't allowed to stay at their in their homelands, you know, back in back east and, uh, you know, Wisconsin and Illinois and all those places, uh, instead were forced to go to the western frontier, which was considered a wasteland, basically. It was just some place to put people. Well, later on, they figured out, no, it wasn't. There was oil, gold, and silver, and all kinds of things out there. But, but anyway, um, as a tribute to the chief, I guess, they exhumed his body and brought it 
back to Oshkosh from where it was buried elsewhere. And he is buried there under a slab and there's a very nice um, something or another written there and and this big statue is right over it. So I, I only go to look at the statue just to kind of let my tongue hang out for a while. <laughs> but it really doesn't remind me of Chief Oshkosh. So what does all this have to do with today? Yes, there is a connection. And as I said, it's a house. Now, behind the site of the, what is left of the former brewery, there are two houses. One of them is a pretty ordinary-looking and quite common style of house uh, uh, with a nice front porch. Really nothing to write home about, but not bad. Not great, not bad. The house next door is a much more elaborate, quite grand um, mini-mansion of antique vintage that uh, that was once home to the brewery owner from what I understand. Now, the house we're talking about is the first one, and that was the home of the brewmaster. A little bit more. Before we start, I want to talk about uh, even older Oshkosh history. Now, Oshkosh is situated on Lake Winnebago and the Fox River. This uh, area was at one time back in, oh, the early uh, 19th century and late 17th century, 18th century, I'm sorry, 18th century, and even earlier, actually, probably back to the 1600s or so. Uh, it was a center of trade for uh, fur, fur trade and uh, lumber trade. Now, the river and its connectors and the lake itself were important waterways that led to Green Bay, where all these things could be shipped out to various locations on the Great Lakes and beyond. These people included Native Americans, of course, um, and I talked uh, in a previous podcast uh, about uh, the one about the Grand Opera House. I talked a little bit about uh, Native Americans trying to charge a toll and being massacred by uh, French soldiers. So you might want to look back on that one. But also white settlers, travelers, and traders all, tra all use these waterways. These people actually may be part of our story. Now, let's talk a little bit about the inside of the house. The uh, lady who called us in there to investigate it had met us at a previous investigation for her daughter. Uh, her daughter's house was um, interesting. And it, in many ways, it was this very similar situation as we're going to talk about today. We only investigated the lower floor of the house because they had been, they have both been divided up into two flats, one lower and one upper. Um, her daughter's house had poltergeisty type activity, which was really interesting. And I think I will, at some point, I will talk about that a little further uh, on another podcast, but we won't go into that one today. Her mom mentioned uh, she was there during the um, the investigation, excuse me, and she mentioned that the house she was living in also was having some issues. So, well, of course, we agreed to come investigate it. It wasn't far away. We set up a uh, time and, and to do that, and um, and it was it was an interesting house. We could only investigate the first floor, not the basement or the upper floor. The basement was off limits. Uh, it was a rental. It was off limits, and the upper floor was occupied by someone else who was not interested in having a ghost investigation done on her, her residence. So 
you know, it wasn't very big in there, but uh, the layout was real interesting. Um, you can tell that they had too many people living in there at the time. And that was just to save money, you know, because, uh, you know, family was moving in and out. I believe she had their, um, her husband and a 12-year-old daughter at the time and an older son, and I don't remember his age. Um, I think he was late teens, maybe early 20s. And uh, the downstairs had been divided up to to make a spare bedroom, another a second bedroom, basically, for the daughter. And I think the son was probably just crashing in the room, the same room where the second bedroom had been had been carved out. Plus, there was a master bedroom that the parents were using, the mom and dad. A small living room and uh, kind of a corridor leading back to a small kitchen. Now, really, the house was on a very pleasant piece of ground, a big piece of ground, actually, con considering the uh, style of house. And I think it was built on what had been maybe an estate that the bigger house was was occupying. So it's a very interesting little house. They reported a couple of things before we got there. And one of the, they were actually both really interesting <laughs> and kind of both kind of funny. But um, they had actually spotted apparitions in their house. And um, the first one was spotted by the 12 year old daughter. Now, she was in her makeshift bedroom, which was basically just partitions with beads for a door. Uh, one day she was just standing in her bedroom door, kind of just brushing her hair. That was, she made a point of telling us that she was brushing her hair. And somehow a person walked into the back, what used to be the back door of the house and is now, was now blocked off by furniture. This person walked through the door, not opening it, walked past her, turned to go into the living room, went up into the living room, turned around and came back past her again and went out the way he had come in again without opening the door. She described him as having a long mustache, wearing leathers, and having a necklace, wearing a necklace made of teeth, like bear teeth, something like that. Okay, well, that, that sounds interesting. You know, it sounded to me like someone from the long past, just by the description of, of uh, how this individual was dressed. It was a man, obviously. Now, the other one was spotted by mom at another time. She was in the master bedroom, and she, was just, she said she was just lying down, but she wasn't asleep. Uh, and... In the doorway came what appeared to be the lower half of an Indian, a male Indian. <laughs> she did not really describe how he was dressed or how he wasn't dressed, but he, to her, was obviously male. So uh, I'm not quite sure what to do about that. It, it just stood there, apparently. But I don't know. Holly, if you're listening, get back to me with some description more about that guy. He, sound, he does sound interesting. Um, anyway, 
we're going to start off with um, we actually went to that place twice, but I'm gonna I'm not going to really differentiate um, between the recordings as to what was recorded when, because I frankly don't remember. But we're going to start off with um, oh just a, a small threat. Anyway, um, the um, um, okay. Now, what do you think of that one? This one I found really curious. Now it's kind of hard to understand. Um, to me, there's some muttering in there, but then uh, there's a little voice that seems to be saying, "Might bite you." Now, I previously thought, uh, using my older equipment uh, a few years ago when this was done, uh, that it said, watch your neck, I might bite you. I don't really hear that now on the equipment I'm using today. But give it a close listen and, and see what you think. Maybe you can hear that. Watch your neck, I might bite you. The second one I'm going to play for you. I'm not quite sure where this came from. And actually, um, I may have misinterpreted it earlier, and now I'm hearing it better now. Or I heard it better earlier, and I'm misinterpreting it now. So I'm going to stick that one right in here. Storage? Yeah, they're moving I don't out. Elevators. Just took a long time. Well, he is. Okay, what would you think about that? Most of these recorded in the living room. This one, I'm not sure what what's going on here, but I think it's saying something like, he helped me. It could be she helped me too, or it could be something completely different. I really do want to hear from everybody who listens to this and say, maybe, maybe you hear something different. So uh, let's go on a little bit. Let's see. Oh, gosh, this one is so weird. It is so weird. I believe this was on a revisit. And actually, the revisit was just to play recordings for them from the first visit. But I record everything. I don't know what this is. I have no idea what it is. It's not anyone that was there. It's not, um, we thought originally that maybe it was a voice from her son's computer, but he wasn't there and he wasn't playing on his computer. So what is it? Uh, I'm going to play this for you right now. Very weird. Okay. Have you ever heard anything so weird as that? As a very weird almost a mechanical sounding voice. And I can never re uh, understand what exactly it's saying, except the last word. It's terrible. It sounds like that. It's terrible. What on earth could be making this noise? Or voice, I should say. What's making this voice? I have no idea. This is a, a hundred and something year old house. It is modern in the sense the electronics and electricity and all that, the utilities have been updated. But it's not any kind of high-tech center. I'm not sure what that is. I still don't know to this day what that voice is. So, like I say, send me your opinions. I really want them. Let's go on to 
the next one, oh my gosh, this is this is weird. This is on the same visit as the last one. I I don't know what it is. Let me uh, play this for you. I hear what sounds like an animal screeching. Now, I have tried to slow this down, and I've tried to speed it up just to see if maybe it was just kind of a weird thing that came in at a different speed. No matter what I do to it, it's still screeching. There were no animals in the house except cats, but, you know, the cats were being quiet. We did not hear this. I mean, uh, there was no cat fights or anything like that. And I, To me, it doesn't sound like a cat. It sounds almost like a, an ape of some kind or a monkey. No monkeys in the house. No monkeys outside. No monkeys anywhere around. I don't know. This house is really weird. <laughs> it's a nice house, but it's weird. So let's uh, go on to, um, we got just a couple more to do. And this one is from the first visit. And we had a whole team there for that. Uh, for the second visit, there was just, um, I think it was just me and maybe one other person that came, went back. But for this one, it was a whole team. And, and um, you'll hear one of our investigators notice this voice. It's audible. Give you know, here's here's for can you pay in? Yep, it was a female's voice. Did you hear it? That was an audible female voice. And to my ears, what it is saying, and I'm always the one that's talking when these things come in, you know, black blah blah yak yakity yak 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 and here comes a voice in and somebody says, Did you hear that? Uh, what I think she's saying is a quick bite. That's the second reference to biting <laughs> on this record, on this uh, podcast. And um, I think this came on, this one came in uh, on the first visit. The first bite one, I think, was on the second visit. So on each visit, Somebody or something is getting getting bitten. This last one, I don't. I'm not quite sure what to make of it, but it's real plain to me what's going on. I'm going to play that for you. Did you hear that? <laughs> I love this one. I actually, I adore it because it is purely out of absolutely nowhere. Nothing to do with biting, nothing to do with half of an Indian or an or a old fur trader, whatever that guy was walking through the house. This is an old man. He sounds like, and he sounds happy. 
and he's asking his dog Tanner to do a, do a trick. And you actually hear Tanner bark. I want to know who this guy was and, and why, why he showed up at that moment. Now, I want to um, just mention right here, because of the old guy, is that one of the um, experiences, I, I almost forgot about this one, one of the experiences in that house has to do with sitting people who are sitting in a recliner watching TV. Or actually, the TV wasn't on, otherwise they wouldn't have noticed this. But they're sitting in the recliner, and they're looking at the TV. The TV is off. Now, this is an older, um, like, 21-inch uh, cathode ray tube, a CRT um, TV, the old style TV before flat screens. He's looking at the screen for some reason, and there's someone standing behind them, an old man. There's nobody there, but on the screen, they can see an old man standing behind that chair. What do you think about this old house? Uh, Oshkosh, like I've said before, is a really interesting place to visit. Lots of haunted locations. Not all of them willing to tell you they're haunted, but they are. Um, I'm going to mention also, um, besides the Opera House, the Grand Opera House, which we, I talked about in another podcast, uh, the Oshkosh Public Museum is also haunted. I'm just going to relate a quick experience that a friend of mine had there. Uh, I don't have any recordings from that, obviously. I wasn't along on this one, but he, he mentioned this on a presentation he did. There are a lot of uh, military uniforms in their collection, and they display some of them. As he was doing an investigation there with, with a friend, um, which was very kind of the museum to let them do, he was pushed pretty violently from the back. They weren't sure what caused it, but as I recall, someone there was maybe a medium or a Maybe they've caught a voice on an EVP or something. Someone mentioned a an officer, an officer's uniform that was on display there. It was improperly identified. I think one of the uh, museum employees corrected that. And when they went back to investigate again with that, I believe he got a hug or a pat on the back. <laughs> and the person was very happy. Whoever that ghost was was very happy that his uniform was now properly identified. And Tim, if I screwed that story up, if you're listening, please forgive me, um, and I'll be glad to do a correction. Now, a little bit more about me. Uh, I have said many times that I am not an expert paranormal investigator. I don't believe there really is such a thing. Uh, there are people with a lot of experiences and experience doing investigations, but it's always a crapshoot when you do these things. You might get activity, you might not. You might, you know, get fooled by, you know, hoaxers, or you might get fooled by just stupid things that happen on your investigation. I've been fooled, um, and I try to always correct it, but nah, sometimes not. I will mention that I don't take much in equipment on these investigations just because I used to haul a lot of stuff, you know, all those video recorders and, and um, canine meters, which are useless, and, and um, all kinds of other stuff. And, and I realized that 
really most of what I was getting was audio. So why should I take all that other junk with me? So, and now I am affiliated with um, the uh, Nevada Paranormal Task Force, which carries a lot of equipment. They have a lot of stuff. So why should I carry a whole bunch of junk, right? My, my home team is my husband and myself, Wolf River Ghost Society. We're based in Kingman, Arizona, uh, formerly based in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. My Oshkosh friends are welcome to come down and visit us sometime. You'll have to stay in a hotel. We don't have room. And that's about all I have for today. Um, oh, a quick reminder. I am a volunteer with Beale Street Theater here in Kingman, Arizona. It's a community theater. And they are associated with Kingman Center for the Arts, which I also submit artwork, photography, things like that to for gallery shows. They are fundraising to restore their local theater, downtown movie, the old downtown movie theater, which is haunted. <laughs> it's a nice ghost. I'm not going to complain. Um, so if you would like to uh, send us a buck, you can do that uh, through patreon.com. Uh, look for ghostly haunts, one word. And you can you know, send us a buck or two if you like the podcast. If you hate it, please send it anyway, even if you hate it. Uh, if you want to contact me about com with comments or, or suggestions or tell me to go jump in a lake, uh, you can do that through ghostlyhauntspodcast at gmail.com. I want to thank you for listening in one more time. Uh, we're going to do something different next time. I'm still trying to figure out what it is. I am hopeful that I can get myself together to do one about a, an investigation on an old tannery in Wisconsin. I'm not going to mention the name. You can go look that up for yourself. It's a very interesting place. If you decide you want to investigate there, I believe it's you can. It's a pay-to-play kind of place. If you pay extra, maybe you can get it to yourself. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, thanks again. For tuning in. Again, this is Katie at Ghostly Haunts, and uh, I'll see you next time.